The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for StockEd. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're having a chat with Steve Parsons, Managing Director of Bellevue Gold. Its ASX code is BGL. Normally, to be sure of the ASX code, I would say that's Bravo Golf Lima. But today I'm going to say it should be Bravo Gold Lima, because since the modern day discovery hole in November 2017, Bellevue has gone on to outline a 1.8 million ounce resource at a stunning 11.1 grams of gold a tonne at its namesake project near Leinster in Western Australia. It's been amazing stuff, with Bellevue up there with the best high-grade discoveries anywhere in the world. I say modern day because Bellevue has a rich production history dating back to 1986, which Steve will fill us in on later. So welcome, Steve, and thanks for joining us here today at Stockhead. Great. Thanks very much, Barry. Great introduction. Mate, uh, before jumping into what uh, Bellevue is up to, could you tell us a bit about uh, yourself, your educational background, your professional background? Yeah, so look, uh, I'm, I'm trained as a geologist. I, uh, as you can tell from the accent, I uh, am from New Zealand. I studied at Canterbury University uh, and did an honours degree over there. And then uh, when I came over to Perth straight after that, I, uh, I worked for a number of companies, including Rio Tinto CRA, exploration, exploring for copper and gold throughout Western Australia, uh, and then Placer Dome, um, where I was involved, fortunate enough to be involved in uh, the Wallaby discovery um, around Laverton, which uh, turned out to be uh, one of these giant uh, gold systems, uh, which was a great uh, time for me as a geologist. Uh, And then from there, I um, I moved in and and started my own company, ASX listed company called Griffin Minerals. And uh, we had a Fairly amazing uh, new discovery up in Burkina Faso. We were actually the first Australian gold company to go into Burkina Faso for about 20 years, and it was a grassroots discovery. Um, we proved it up from nothing to three and a half million ounces of gold in the space of only a few years. Um, and then uh, we took that project all the way through to feasibility study um, and full permitting, um, and we got taken over by a Canadian company uh, three years ago. Um, which are now uh, about to pour first gold on that project up in Burkina Faso. And then on the back of that, uh, we uh, we came uh, looking for projects in Western Australia um, and we were fortunate enough to find this Bellevue Gold project um, and uh, me and my exploration team jumped on board uh, in April 2017 now. Um, we put some money into the company. Uh, we uh, bought our, you know, our technical expertise uh, and took the control of it. Um, and then uh, from there, um, you know, we uh, we first started doing exploration on the property. In fact, it was the first exploration anyone had really done on the property for 20 years, and we were fortunate enough to have that uh, discovery drill hole uh, in the last quarter uh, at the end of the year of uh, 2017, um, where we hit seven metres at 27 grams per tonne gold pretty much from surface in a brand new area. Um, and then from there, it was uh, really the start of 2018, so only, only uh, last year uh, that we hit the expiration in earnest. And uh, here we are now, 18 months after that discovery uh, drill hole with uh, 1.8 million ounces of gold, at, you know, uh, over 11 grams per tonne. 
So that's a, a little bit of background on, on me, Barry. Mm. Now, uh, as you said there, you joined uh, Bellevue as a, an executive director in early 2017 and uh, were promoted to the MD position in October 2018 after the discovery. I noticed you uh, still don't like wearing ties. What's the story there? <laughs> Oh, I, uh, you know, being a being a geologist and uh, somebody who's uh, spent a lot of time out in the bush, I think uh, ties don't really sit too well with me. So I'm very much a, uh, a non-tie person. You can tell uh, when we're about to do a capital raising because I normally wear a tie. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, uh, support of your backers early on was uh, important in the process that you uh, underwent to arrive at the Bellevue project. Um, are they still with you, these uh, early backers? Yeah, we, we have a fair swag of them still in there. So we were fortunate enough to have, um, you know, some very good, uh, you know, high net worth uh, entrepreneurial people who got behind us right from the very beginning um, at the start. And this is before we'd actually drilled any holes into the property. So they really were backing, uh, you know, the the team, the, the Bellevue team, the exploration uh, ideas that we had. Um, and yeah, we're, we're very fortunate that, you know, the majority of those people are still there uh, and they're long and strong um, you know, in, in the background supporting us. Um, the shareholder base, the investor base has changed quite a lot um, over the last uh, 12 to 18 months as well. So not only are those backers still backing us, but we've had a number of uh, global institutions uh, come aboard and, and we're now, uh, we've gone from being a much more of a, a mum and dad retail type uh, company to we have about 40% or just over 40% of the register is global institutions now. So there's a mixture of uh, the mum and dad retail, uh, global institutions, as well as our original backers, as well as management in there on the register. Mm. Now in the last 12 months alone, I think the stock has probably tripled to around its current level. Um, Although with that uh, resource upgrade this week to uh, the 1.8 million ounces, there does seem to be some hesitancy in the market there in re- you know, rewarding the company further for what is a fantastic discovery. What do you think is holding back the share price at the moment? Oh, I, I, I don't know if, uh, I mean, you know, the markets are the markets and, um, you know, <laughs> I'm no expert in the market. I mean, the, the real the real key for me and, and Bellevue really is uh, about trying to add ounces, uh, high quality gold ounces um, that will hopefully be highly profitable, high margin ounces ultimately when they become a mine um, and we do that by by drilling holes and as you saw from that last announcement we've uh, increased the number of rigs to six on site um, and so you know the last four resource announcements we've had over the last uh, 12 months or so um, you'd be expecting to see further resource growth happening um, because all the mineralization is open along strike and at depth and you know we uh, we see that the, the resource is going to grow uh, substantially larger than where it is now at similar sort of grades. So I think, you know, ultimately, you know, the share price has obviously gone very well over the last uh, 12 months, um, and that's based on the back of uh, pure resource growth, and, you know, one would expect uh, to have a continued share price increase, uh, assuming we continue to add uh, high-grade gold to the project. And I understand you're well-funded for the uh, continued exploration push, having raised money recently. Yeah, that's right. So we raised money uh, a few months ago, um, which was uh, substantially oversubscribed, uh, institutionally driven globally. Um, we have we put the quarterly report out today and it shows about $20 million Australian in cash in the bank. Um, so that'll certainly see us through for the remainder of this year. And certainly, you know, we'll keep the, uh, the six drill rigs that we've got turning on site.
Mm. Just as an aside, do you find that investors are warm to high-grade deposits more so than lower-grade deposits? Oh, look, without a doubt, um, you know, there's, you know, typically higher-grade means uh, higher margins, and so, you know, uh, it's without a doubt. However, um, you know, you, you can have uh, lower-grade deposits uh, that can be high-margin deposits. There's certainly a few of those around, um, and so I think, you know, when, you know, the sort of gold environment uh, people are really looking for the high margin ounces and so you know Bellevue being a very very high grade um, and in fact you know it's the, the second highest grade project in Australia at the moment um, and certainly one of the highest uh, in the world at the moment as well so I think uh, there's certainly that um, you know fascination that investors are, are loving to see this high grade um, and the amazing thing is this grade just continues to uh, you know it, it stays the same pretty consistently on all the resources that we've put out and we'd be expecting it to stay fairly similar uh, for the future resources as well from what we can see from the drilling. Mm. Uh, this is probably a good time to have a quick chat about the uh, history of Bellevue. It was a high-grade producer, very profitable producer in its day. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the original um, mine was discovered about 100 years ago by our prospectors and there was a small amount taken out um, back then. And then it wasn't really until uh, the 80s when, um, you know, modern uh, mining um, took place. And so it was from 1986 through to 1997 where it became a, uh, you know, a modern day uh, CIL processing, uh, you know, operation, underground operation. Um, they mined out 800,000 ounces of gold at a fairly impressive 15 grams per tonne. Um, and they mined it underground uh, with a few small open pits down to about 450 metres below surface. They, uh, you know, all, all the records in the mines department, um, you know, it was all fairly common knowledge. Um, you know, it was a super profitable mine in its day. Um, you know, there's stories of all sorts of stories of, uh, you know, pubs and uh, the gold fields being built on uh, on gold being stolen mm. <laughs> from underground, apparently. So, uh, yeah, very, very high grade uh, ore body, uh, consistent year on year, um, producing at very, very high grades. Um, History is always fascinating with uh, these uh, sort of deposits. Uh, I noticed with the discovery hole last year, was that into the what you've called the Viago load? No, so the discovery hole, so the, the little bit of uh, history as well. Um, you know, the mine closed down in 1997 and the reason being it was twofold, the gold price had come down and secondly, the uh, there was a fault that had come through and, and apparently it cut out the ore body and so they mined through onto the other side of this fault um, that they called the highway fault uh, and they couldn't uh, couldn't find the ore body on the other side um, and the highway fault is quite a big structure and uh, the assumption was that the fault had uh, moved the mineralisation a long way away and that you'd never be able to find the mineralisation again. Um, however, our, our view was that this is not a, uh, a post-mineralising um, event and that the fault is actually at the same time as the gold mineralising event, which means that the mineralisation should be fairly close to where that fault is. And so that was our assumption. So we basically just stood on the other side of this fault and drilled some shallow holes just to see what the geology was like and, and just to test our concept. Um, and it was on about the fifth or sixth drill hole that we drilled, um, which we hit this, uh, this new load, this parallel load to the main uh, Bellevue mine. And so it runs parallel. We call it the Tribune load. Um, it pretty much uh, sticks out from surface. It's only uh, literally under about a half a metre of sandy cover, um, which is quite amazing considering, you know, the operation would have been going for so long um, that nobody had actually uh, had, had found this. Um, and, yeah, it's about 250 metres to the west of Bellevue, and we've now drilled that over about a kilometre and a half strike on this Tribune load, 
and uh, and while we were drilling the Tribune load, we uh, we poked a couple of deeper holes in, and that's where we discovered the Viago load. And the Viago load is very very high grade. Um, it sits uh, as a as a linking type structure between the uh, the Bellevue load and the Tribune load. Uh, it's a fairly flat uh, structure, um, and that's uh, where also a lot of the gold resources come from. So there's three main uh, mineralizing zones: the Bellevue load. Um, the Tribune load and the Viago load that all sit there in very close proximity to each other. Mm. Okay, I'm not sure why, but I do have a fascination with how uh, names are arrived at in the mining game. Viago, is that out of a Anne Rice vampire novel or, or is it a gift of God or <laughs> yeah, a, what's the derivation? No, well, uh, <laughs> we uh, we have a couple of uh, Kiwi geologists working on site and uh, there's, a, there's a very funny uh, New Zealand comedy TV movie and uh, it's uh, it's a Dracula or it's a vampire uh, name that comes from one of those uh, comedies and it was the same uh, uh, people that put together the Flight of the Concords. Okay. So if you like Flight of the Concords, go and Google the movie and uh, you'll find all the find all the future uh, load names coming from from that movie. Right, okay. <laughs> now, um, at one point eight million ounces, stunning performance in the last uh, what, year and a bit. Um, I guess you must be getting peppered with questions all the time. Well, what about development plans? What can be said about that at this stage? Yeah, that's right. Look, uh, we always want to try and get to uh, to a, the right size scale on the property. Um, and for us at the moment, the, you know, the ore bodies are very much open. You know, they are still open. So our, our game plan over the next uh, six to 12 months is really about, um, you know, trying to find the limits of the mineralisation um, before we start uh, doing any um, study work on it. Um, so I think you'll you'll see another resource upgrade coming out before we uh, really sort of start to talk about feasibility study work. So I'd imagine, you know, probably this time next year is where we start uh, we start talking about feasibility work. Um, however, of course, we are gearing up to get ready to ultimately be a mine. So there's a whole bunch of work that's being done in the background uh, that we alluded to in that last uh, announcement that we just put out. Um, and so that's really de-risking the project, getting it ready. So things like the flora and fauna baseline study work, the you know the water quality uh, test work, uh, the water permitting, um, all various types of permitting ready to uh, commence. So that's all being done in, in, uh, very much in the background. But as I said, you know the real key focus for us at the moment is stepping out and growing the resource. It's also about uh, infilling and and proving the uh, the resource into the next high confidence level of indicated category and it's also about uh, testing some of these new discovery targets that we've got as well on, on the property. Mm. Now it is located in a, an area, a, a part of the world rich in infrastructure and there's also a number of third-party mills in the region. Is the intention at this stage to proceed on a standalone sort of basis? Oh, very much so, yeah. Look, uh, the project's getting to that size scale now. Well, it's, it probably already is there at that scale. Um, but as I said, you know, we, we are going to be adding further ounces this year. Um, I think with such a high-grade gold project, you know, the, the size of the operation, the size of the mill will be relatively small compared to a lot of, uh, you know, mills that are built in, in Australia. Um, I mean, you touched on the fact that, you know, 1.5 grams earlier is a uh, is a fairly sort of, you know, standard type project these days, normal project. Um, so, you know, something that's 10 times higher grade, um, the size of the mill operation is obviously much, much smaller to produce the same amount of gold. Um, and so, you know, the capital costs are, you know, going to be very, very manageable on this. Um, and so, you know, we, we see this as being definitely without a doubt a standalone operation. Mm. 
It's uh, a great time to be finding lots of gold with $8 gold prices above uh, $2,000 an ounce. Uh, what do you make of the gold price from here on? Yeah, oh, look, I mean, it's uh, obviously been a fantastic uh, few years for Australian dollar gold price and, and you've seen the big... Uh, Aussie gold companies doing very, very well because of that and making a lot of money and obviously, um, you know, the reflected in the share prices as well. Um, you're just starting to see now, I think, in US dollar terms, uh, gold really coming to the, the front. Um, without a doubt, the, uh, you know, the US dollar gold is looking strong. Um, I don't think you've seen the generalists come into it yet. And once the generalist funds and money start to come into it, then you're really going to see that price moving up. And of course, uh, that should, in theory, be uh, excellent for Aussie dollar terms. And so I think the next uh, year or two years at least is looking very, very strong for Aussie dollar uh, gold. And obviously, that will be uh, hugely beneficial for uh, for Bellevue Gold as we look to, you know, to add ounces and then to ultimately to get this into a feasibility study and then through into production. Mm. And finally, I'll just ask the a lot of focus, obviously, on the uh, the three big loads outlined to date. But what is the potential for regional or nearby discoveries separate from the current focus? Oh, look, uh, we're super excited about the uh, the exploration potential, without a doubt. Um, look, you know, we are the it's the first time anyone has explored this ground for 20 years looking for gold, which is just incredible. Um, you know, 99% of all the work we've done to date is literally just around the old Bellevue mine and these the, these new discoveries. You know, it all sits within a four-kilometre strike area. However, we've got 20 kilometres of strike that has literally had no work done on it. So we've had a, a bunch of uh, geologists working on that over the last six months or so. Um, looking at that 20 kilometres of strike, we've got some very, very good targets to the north. Um, we're about to undertake some uh, geophysical programs on them. We're doing soil sampling, rock chipping, mapping, um, and you're going to see the first drilling happening on those targets over the next few months. So, yeah, we think there is a huge potential, uh, you know, within that sort of 20 kilometre uh, strike. Right. Well, lots for shareholders to look forward to there. So, Steve, thanks very much for your time and all the best with it. Yeah, thanks very much, Barry. Anytime. time.